Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 26 minutes now to 9 the time. Well, it's now becoming apparent that the bird flu, which has hit chicken flocks at various companies, is going to have a big impact on you. Firstly, it will push up the price of eggs, and then it will affect the price of chicken meat. The virus is referred to often as highly pathogenic avian influenza and the strain of the virus which is affecting chicken flocks here is caught h7 and as i understand it is unique to south africa on monday night our government said vaccine regulators will now try to fast track the registration of a vaccine for use here yesterday the poultry producer quantum food said one and a half million of its birds had been infected with the virus it issued a profit warning it will lose over 100 million rand as a result in the meantime it's entirely possible There'll be a shortage of eggs and a shortage of chicken meat. So then, what is avian influenza and what will be the impact on you? First this morning, you'll hear from Dr. Botle Modasani, Chief Director for Animal Health at the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development. He spoke to my colleague, Eldrin Sampier, briefly yesterday. Then you'll hear from a vet who specialises in chickens. Dr. Greg Siliers is a veterinarian in the poultry industry. Isaac Breitenbach is the general manager of the Poultry Association. And finally, the impact on prices. Paul McCube is a senior agricultural economist at FNB. First then, Dr. Botle Modasani, Chief Director for Animal Health, the Department of Agriculture. He spoke to Eldrin Sampier yesterday. Eldrin asked Dr. Modasani, how bad is this outbreak? Initially, the outbreak was not uh, as bad. We thought that we would be able to contain it uh, because... Um, a few number of farms, especially for the H7 outbreak, had been reported, but the number has been increasing, and we're getting um, up to so far about 60 farms that have been reported to be having um, H7 and H5 highly pathogenic event influenza. Mm-hmm. 50 for H7 and uh, 10 for H5. Sure. So in total, are we still st- are we still at around 1 million chickens that uh, that have died? Yeah, you um, oh, that have been culled. The the it's animals that have died and that have been culled. Yes, that is true. Um, the reports changes every day. Um, currently, yes, uh, that is the number that we are having. Uh, if there are any new reports, we'll add to the approximate one million that has been called, yes. Yeah. And from your investigations, is it clear as yet how um, how, how this outbreak um, took place in, in South Africa? Is it clear where the destination was um, or the place where it may have come from? Look, we do know where eight seven outbreaks have been reported, but they were not reported as highly pathogenic avian mm. influenza. They were reported as uh, low pathogenic avian influenza, which were not causing any mortalities. That is Dr. Bortle Modasani, Chief Director for Animal Health of the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, speaking to Eldrin Sampier yesterday. Your mediated conversation continues. Dr. Greg Siliers is a veterinarian pub, uh, practicing in the poultry industry. Dr. Siliers, good morning. Morning, Stephen. How serious a disease is avian influenza? What does it do to chickens? Well, I'm afraid it's devastating. Um, and I'm, I'm very concerned that the picture that is currently being painted is one of um, a cool and calm um, 
controlled approach to this disease when it's exactly the opposite. The, the disease is quite literally running away. Uh, we're not able to stop it, and we're, we're in drastic need of some intervention on government's um, part to, to, to help us with the registrations of vaccines. As I understand it, the disease is almost airborne. Is that right? It literally blows in the wind. Yes, yes, no. Um, from what we can tell, uh, if, we, if we experience an outbreak in a certain region, you can set your clock, and within a couple of days, farms within a certain radius of that um, infected farm will inevitably also pick up the virus. There's no way to stop it moving. There's no way to quarantine the chickens that are infected or to cull them immediately or anything like that. I think that we, we've proven to ourselves that, that stamping out, that culling the flocks um, does not uh, stop the spread of the disease. Um, that, that has largely to do with the time that it takes to cull these flocks. We are, we, there's, a, there's a lot of birds involved when, when it infects a farm. Um, and also the disposal method. Uh, some, some, some of the farms are uh, burying the birds outside of the farm, and to do that you need to physically carry the bird outside. So you're immediately taking that bird from inside the house to the external environment. Um, but the, I think the, the, the problem here is that we, we, we actually don't know how it is spreading. We suspect it is the wind. Um, it most likely is also being carried around on vectors that we, we do not know of. We know that vehicles and feed trucks um, from, from experiences of our colleagues in other countries have certainly mentioned that these are risk factors. Um, but we haven't quite been able to figure the virus out. Okay. The fact that, uh, as I understand it, this variant is called H7 and is unique to South Africa, do we know how it would have then started? I mean, it must have evolved, I presume, evolved here and maybe from a combination of other strains of the disease? I don't know. I, I doubt it evolved. Um, it was most likely introduced from the wild bird population. All, all the flus that we encounter in, um, have, have originated from, from, the, from wild birds. Uh, and I think that our surveillance is simply not extensive enough to be able to say that it did or didn't. That's the problem. Uh, we don't have the funds to, to, to monitor these uh, uh, wild bird populations. So we, we haven't detected it in the past in the wild bird, the, this particular H7. So this is an entirely new introduction to us. Um, but we, we, we just don't have the resources to be able to draw any conclusive um, deductions from that. Okay. Um, to develop a vaccine, how difficult is that to do? Would a vaccine to something like this already exist? They do, they do. So um, the countries that have had it in the past or encountered an H7 in the past have developed vaccines. Um, these are reputable um, vaccine manufacturers, so I'm not talking about backyard uh, manufacturers here that, that, that are just trying to snow vaccine on us. So there are certainly uh, vaccine products available. I think the, the, the most logical option would be to opt for an autogenous vaccine. That, that means that it's a vaccine that is produced from the, the local strain that we are dealing with in the country. Um, and there is a company that is able to produce that locally. They do have the technology. Uh, they are just literally waiting for the go-ahead to do it. As I understand it, um, the Agricultural Department reached an agreement with the vaccine regulator to fast-track the registration. They do have to be careful about this sort of thing. But I presume that can happen quite quickly. But the registrar, the, the, the authority, the regulator would need to do their own tests. So we're still looking at a couple of weeks. What happens in the meantime? Yeah, and that, that's the frustrating part, is that um, it's all very well to say that you will fast-track something. Um, and I do believe that after the one meeting that they had, they mentioned to us that we can apply for this vaccination, but don't apply yet because we haven't quite outlined how what the procedures are for applying. So this is the, the, the we're in an administrative 
um, block at the moment with, with regards to this. Um, the vaccines can be produced fairly quickly. I think once that those things are taken away, we can fairly quickly prove whether a vaccine is efficacious, efficacious and whether it is safe. Um, but the, the registrations do require extensive testing. Yes, I acknowledge that. But the, the, the reality is we're just in an emergency situation at the moment. We, there's no way we can slow it down without the, the, the additional tool of vaccine. Dr. Greg Salias, thank you very much indeed. A veterinarian pub, uh, practicing in the poultry industry. Do appreciate the time. Well, um, different uh, pictures emerging of what is actually developing here and how serious it is. 18 minutes to nine. Your mediated conversation around avian influenza continues. Isaac Breitenbach is the general manager of the Poultry Association. Isaac, good morning. Good morning, Stephen. Um, try and assess the impact for us. How bad is this outbreak of avian flu? What impact is it having on flocks around the country? It's got a devastating impact. And, you know, the stats that I will quote now might differ slightly from what Dr. Morisani uh, mentioned, but that would simply be um, every day the picture is changing for us. Um, we have culled in excess of 5 million commercial layer birds um, in the country, that represents about 30% of, of the total amount of commercial layers. And then if we talk about broiler breeders, um, we have culled um, in excess of 2.5 million broiler breeders, and that will be in excess of about 20% of the total flock of broiler breeders. So um, if one look at that, it's got a material impact on the total amount of eggs produced for uh, commercial table eggs, but it also has a, a, an impact on the amount of meat we produce. And we expect shortages in, in both uh, eggs and meat. So 30% of the birds in the country, of the chickens in the country that have, that have been grown commercially have had to be culled. I mean, that's a dramatic, dramatic culling practice. It's a dramatic culling practice. And as uh, Dr. Salier said, um, you know, we need to, the, the, the virus has changed. If we looked at, if we look at um, your, the experience in Europe and the experience in America, um, the, the virus became endemic. Um, up until now, a stamping out policy worked well for us. 2017, it worked well. 2021, it worked well. It's not working well in 2023. Um, we have had discussions with the Department of Agriculture and agreed to fast track um, the importation of vaccines. They've agreed to that. Um, they've also agreed that we would not need to go through the elaborate testing process that takes about two years to import these vaccines. So uh, we um, hope to have the vaccines available within two to six months time. Okay, so once the vaccines come, well, what happens in the meantime? I mean, if we've already lost 30% of the flock, most of them will be gone. They'll have to be replaced in some way as well. Absolutely. We, it's a frustrating situation where we actually have no answers. Um, we, we do the biosecurity protocols. We follow the stamping out of the uh, disease. Um, it is um, more of a winter disease, and hopefully with rain coming and, 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 and higher temperatures, um, we expect the amount of infections to reduce. But having said that, um, as we stand now, if I compare the weekly stats, um, the infection rate is not reducing. Um, so when you have to replace that flock, do you have to bring in eggs or chickens from other countries to replace them? Is that how it works? I can't see any other thing that you can do. I mean, how difficult? I mean, is there a way to sort of prepare to manage this in some way? I realize that this is bigger than anything we may have seen before. There are actually two solutions to it. Uh, the the, the short-term solution that we have a shortage of, of chicken meat 
um, are being addressed by uh, companies. Um, the companies in total have applied to import um, 10 million hatching eggs that can be used for broiler meat production. So that is the, the type of action that's, that's uh, being done to alleviate the immediate shortage of meat. Um, we also have the normal importation of poultry uh, meat into the country, and we would expect that to increase by year end. But to answer your question on the longer term effect, we've got great grandparents and grandparents stock in South Africa. Luckily, those were not affected by the high path AI to date, um, and they can still uh, produce replacement stock where we've culled all these uh, all these flocks. So so that is still happening, and we can also um, should they be effective, should the, the 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 grandparents stock be affected, we can still import grandparents from abroad. But that replacement process will take time. It is not an, an instant uh, solution. You talk about grandparent stock. You're talking about um, chickens that can still reproduce, right? That's correct, yes. Okay. Um, has something like this, I mean, I know we've had avian flu, um, you know, it, it comes and goes. Has it ever been such a big outbreak? Has this ever happened on such a large scale in our industry before? No, not in our industry. We had an incident in 2017, and if I'm correct, uh, we culled in total 2.5 million birds. And then we had another um, outbreak in 2021. We culled about 3 million birds um, in total um, then. But if you look at this outbreak, we're already on 7.5 million birds. So it's significantly worse than the two previous outbreaks that we experienced. You have members, you'll be speaking to your members and dealing with them. But there are plenty of people who won't belong to you. They'll have a couple of chickens in their garden or something like that. Um, we've already heard from, from the vet about how this spreads. I mean, it would be it would seem impossible to stop this thing from spreading in any particular way. There are just too many chickens in too many parts of the country. That's true. And if we look at the current spread that we see, um, although the this year um, the the outbreak started in the Western Cape in April this year, um, the, the Western Cape is actually fairly quiet. Natal is fairly quiet, and the spread that we have is in the Greater Gauteng area. It is Gauteng, uh, Mapumalanga, a little bit of Limpopo, um, and, and Free State. Um, so it's predominantly up here um, in Gauteng where the spread of the disease is taking place. And, and that is also the, the uh, highest density of uh, chicken populations that we have in the country. Um, so it's very difficult to, to stop the disease and almost um, we're almost waiting for divine intervention um, because uh, our vaccines will still take some time before we have them. Sure. Um, and Isaac, I mean, the financial cost, is there insurance for this kind of thing for the bigger producers? Are they just going to have to bear it? Or are they just going to have to maybe almost start again in some ways? I mean, Quantum's going to lose 100 million rand. Absolutely. The, the, there is no insurance for this. It's, it's such a high risk disease um, that you can't get insurance um, against it. Um, and the 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 um, companies are taking the the brunt of the of the problem, and if we lo look at the the broiler industry, you talk about more integrated type of companies with big balance sheets. They lose an awful amount of money due to the disease, but but they can do that. If we look at the structure of the commercial layer industry, it's more independent producers. 
And, um, and when the disease uh, enters their facilities, it wipes out all the chicken in the facility and they really have to start from scratch. So this has got a devastating effect on, 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 on the companies. Thank you very much indeed. Really appreciate the time. Isaac Breitenbach is the general manager of the Poultry, Poultry Association. In a moment, the impact of all of this on food prices. Paul McCorbe, uh, an agricultural economist at FNB, will continue your mediated conversation. Ten minutes to nine. Mediated conversation on SAFM. Continue your mediated conversation this morning around the avian flu outbreak and the impact it's having. You heard earlier, five million chickens, about 30% of the national flock having to be culled as a result of the outbreak. Paul McCubbe is a senior agricultural economist at FNB. Paul, good morning. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Uh, thanks for having me. How important is poultry and, I suppose, eggs and chickens to the agro- agricultural food chain? How important are they to prices? <clears throat> Very important to prices in, in South Africa. If you look at uh, from a, a, a consumer perspective, um, considered uh, the cheapest source of protein, uh, especially for the um, uh, vulnerable and poor, and uh, if you look at the in in the whole agricultural value chain, um, uh, it's, it is uh, you know a, a significant contribution to the uh, you know livestock uh, cross produce value in, in in the country. So quite a you know significant uh, you know you know play. So if you look at uh, you know uh, uh, you know uh, the eggs and 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 uh, you know combined eggs and and, and meat. Uh, you know, very important in the in the consumer basket, and uh, obviously, you know, it will have an impact on on lifting the uh, the meat inflation, uh, which has been in you know, in deceleration, uh, you know, since the beginning of the year. So we were expecting that uh, things would moderate in the in 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 the next few months to uh, to, to December, uh, but this now complicates the you know food inflation outlook, uh, given the the importance of uh, you know meat in the in the, in the basket. Um, so, I mean, for a lot of people as well, eggs are the cheapest protein, and that must be a big factor. Very difficult to replace that protein cheaply. Yes, uh, very difficult to to replace that that protein cheaply. And that, as I say, in the in the hierarchy, uh, you know, uh, you know, eggs and 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 and, and um, you know, uh, chicken meat are the cheapest source of uh, of, of of protein uh, in in the country. Um, and therefore, uh, you know, any changes to the supply and demand dynamics will influence, uh, you know, prices, uh, and obviously that will hit hard on the on on the consumer, uh, on the, you know, general consumer uh, in in the country. Um, so when this happens, I mean, we've seen we've seen the industry having some disruptions like this before, but I don't think we've ever seen anything on this scale. We can import chicken and I suppose eggs, although chicken is probably easier. Um, is it possible to make any kind of predictions about what's going to happen to pricing and what's going to happen to food prices generally, regard, especially considering how important chicken protein is? Yeah, so uh, from a pricing perspective, um, going into into december obviously uh, you know seasonal demand and supply uh, always play a, a huge role we normally see a, a, you know a seasonal upswing towards uh, towards december and that's normal uh, you know you know uh, you know uh, increase in demand but now you have a a, a an impl- imbalance in, in in supply and demand but also factor in uh, the fact that uh, you know industry players have uh, uh, indicated that uh, they were behind in terms of uh, drawback on on costs associated with uh, you know high feed costs uh, that we saw uh, uh, you know for most of last year and uh, 
you know, accelerated costs, uh, you know, associated with uh, running generators for, for a bit longer, uh, in, you know, due to lo- load shedding. And, and therefore they have to, you know, claw back on those costs. So obviously that has already, you know, will already, you know, fit, factor in, but then you are, you're going to have the, some, you know, supply and dynamics, you know, playing, you know, playing out. So in terms of replacements um, uh, for meat, you can, you know, you can import uh, and obviously we, we might see, you know, imports coming in, uh, you know, um, you know, heavy in the next few months, uh, but obviously they come in at uh, at, at 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 a bit at a bit of a of a cost, uh, you know, due to the combination of, a you know, uh, an elevated uh, you know exchange rate or exchange rate weakness, but also the fact that we have uh, you know from August uh, we have seen a, a you know implementation of the you know uh, tariffs uh, anti-dumping you know tariffs on on. Um, uh, on, on chicken uh, from Brazil and some of the U- European countries. So obviously, I mean, Brazil is, you know, it's over 50% of uh, the product that is, that is important so far, imported so far. So obviously um, that will impact on the, on the you know, uh, price that will be uh, paid at a, at a till. So, I mean, prices could probably go up quite quickly if we've lost 30% of the flock. I mean, egg prices could go up, I mean, in the next couple of weeks, I would imagine, because there'll be such a big shortage so quickly. Um, We may not see it in all supermarkets now, but we will, right? I mean, we will definitely see it. Yeah, especially in the in the in the um, uh, uh, egg situation, uh, because uh, the the, the heat on the on the on, on the sector is immediate. Uh, because one, you know, uh, one bed cult is one egg lost. Um, uh, in 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 the case of of broilers, um, there has been uh, indications of uh, stock buildup, uh, which was some somewhat cushion in the in the short term. But uh, uh, obviously, towards uh, December, that's when you 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 we, we will start experiencing, you know, shortages. So on the egg side, it will be immediate, and uh, you know, uh, obviously, prices will then. Uh, you know, have to you know go up given that uh, imbalance in, uh, in 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 the supply situation. Thank you very much indeed, Paul McCubbe, senior agricultural economist at FNB. Really appreciate the time. My thanks also to Isaac Breitenbach, general manager of the Poultry Association. You heard also from Dr. Greg Saliers, a vet in the poultry industry, and starting us off today uh, that clip from yesterday's show with Aldrin Sampier, Dr. Bortlemot, a son, chief director for animal health at the Department of Agriculture as well. Well, it does, it seems from the information that we have, going to be a very difficult time in the poultry industry. It's absolutely going to have an impact on you as well in terms of the price of eggs, getting hold of eggs, and of course just the issue around chicken meat as well.